Welcome to season two of the Waypoint Pastors Wives podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. My name is Stacey Bishop, and I'm your host. I'm a pastor's wife, and I love being able to encourage other pastor's wives because, as we all know, this is not a normal life that we lead. But I pray that you are encouraged and walk away with something new during every episode. Thanks for joining us. Hey friends, welcome back. We are so excited to be here for season two um, and all of that and what it entails and what's coming up because there are some fun, exciting things coming in season two that we will talk about here in a little bit. But I wanted to give you a little catch up on what's going on with me, which will help you understand why our summer hiatus was a little longer than anticipated. (laughs) And I think um, what I'm learning through all of this will be an encouragement to you guys and to our lives as pastor's wives. So I'm excited to share it with you. The summer has been an adventure and it's been a big season of learning and it has just been more than we ever imagined this summer would be. Um, but God was good and faithful through all of it. And, and you're going to hear that today, but, um, since May, let's go back to May. Since May, I've been involved in a worship mentorship program called worship circle. Some of you may have heard of that. I I do lead worship at our church in addition to, uh, being the pastor's wife. And the sessions have been amazing. We, we learn together twice a month. We have small groups where we're mentored. And it's just been incredible to see God show up and share with us exactly what I needed to hear, even before I really knew that I needed to hear it. And so in May, we talked about making the way we lead personal. Personal stories help connect people to us. And that translates into our worship setting as well. When we are personal with the things that we share from the stage, it's powerful and it draws people in. And so I'm going to share some personal with you today. And so the week before kids got out of school for the summer, I was trying to get as much done as I could before the lack of routine disrupted life. Uh, That's what happens when you have four kids who are home every day. And then I started feeling sick and ended up with an ear infection, which was just one of many ear infections I would have this summer. But this particular Tuesday, I went to work. We had our normal staff meeting and lunch, and then I came back to my office to work. Part of our worship circle training the week before involved an assignment to write an intro we would use in a worship service to talk about a song that we were singing with the assignment of making it personal, because again, personal is powerful. So I spent the afternoon writing my song script, and then I came home to clean a little bit before the kids got off the bus. I ended up getting most of the house clean because it's amazing how much you can get done when no one else is home. And then the kids got home and we went about our evening routine. That night, about 9.30, I was, I'm in bed with my pajamas on. I get a phone call from Craig, my husband. He was out at the park playing softball with our church team, and he says, I need you to come get me. I think I did something bad to my knee. So, fun. So, I quickly got dressed. I told the kids, hey, I'll be right back. They were already in bed, but I'll be right back. I got to go get daddy. Um, But once I got to the park, it became very clear that I needed to take him to the hospital. So, I called a friend to come sit with the kids while we were at the ER, not knowing how long that would take. And as I'm calling my friend, it dawns on me, 
my house is clean. God gave me the energy and the extra time that afternoon, even though I hadn't been feeling well, to get the house clean so that it would be ready in advance for this injury that he knew was coming. And that felt like such a kindness because I hate it when people come into my mess. Isn't that just the truth of things right there? I hate, like, I will be vulnerable all day about my emotions and my feelings, but please don't come into my messy house. (laughs) I don't know why that's so much more embarrassing. But it felt like just a kindness of God getting us ready for this moment. And so as we're sitting in the ER learning about Craig's injury, it dawns on me what I had written as my song script for my worship circle assignment that afternoon. I wrote about the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, the hymn that most of you are very familiar with. And here is what I wrote. And again, remember, this is what I was going to say on a Sunday morning. These songs this morning are all about God's faithfulness. I don't know if you caught that, but God has never failed and he's not going to start failing now. But that doesn't mean that there aren't days when I doubt or question what he was thinking or even question his goodness in the middle of a hard season. We're going to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness today, but I know that there are some of you in this room who are doubting his faithfulness today. But here is why we keep singing of his faithfulness. Number one, because it's true and he deserves our praise for that. And number two, it reminds us that he has been faithful and that we can trust that he will continue to be faithful in the future. And it's not just for us. We're declaring that God's goodness and faithfulness, we're declaring it to help build the faith of those around us to trust that God will continue to be good even when we doubt. Psalm 145.4 is one of my favorite verses about scripture or about worship in the Bible. And it says, one generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. Do you hear the back and forth there? They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. It's this back and forth of one people, one group of people sharing what God has done for them and how he is faithful, and then other people praising because of his faithfulness to other people. We praise God, not just for us, but to inspire and to build up the faith of the community around us. So if you are not feeling like praising this morning, listen. Let us sing for you. If you're feeling like giving God all the glory today, do so and inspire those around you to remain faithful because our God is faithful. And then we went on to sing, great is thy faithfulness. When I um, heard back from my mentor who was kind of grading, not grading, but checking this assignment, he said, it was good but it wasn't powerful. It wasn't personal. How can you make this personal? And so as I'm sitting there in the ER, knowing what I've already turned in, it dawned on me, it's personal right now. It became personal. And so literally in the middle of actually doing this that Sunday morning, 
Craig is sitting beside me on the stage on a stool because he can't walk without crutches. And he has a brace on his leg because he tore his ACL and his meniscus. And so in the middle of that, he's sitting there. And so as I'm saying, but there are days that it doesn't mean that I don't doubt or when I question what God was thinking or his goodness in the middle of a hard season. And I'm gesturing over here to my husband who's sitting next to me going, God, I don't understand why this is happening right now. We were actually supposed to leave on vacation that week and couldn't because of his injury, which was fine. It was good. But it just made this feel more personal. I'm going to sing in spite of the fact that I don't know what's going on. That same week was our 15th wedding anniversary and Craig was struggling. He was, you know, frustrated for being injured and hurt and in pain. And he really wanted us to be able to go and celebrate our anniversary the way we had planned to. And I could tell he was feeling very discouraged because we couldn't, like he felt like he was disappointing me. So that night I went to pick up takeout for dinner for us after the kids went to bed and I got in the car and had a notification of a new podcast episode, and I was thrilled. But let's go back a few months from there to the IF gathering. I've never been to the IF gathering, but I've had access to watch the whole thing online. But whatever circumstances were going on that particular weekend, I only managed to watch about 20 minutes of the whole weekend conference while I was cooking dinner. But I watched long enough to hear Christy Knuckles sing the song, Abide. And it was this powerful moment of remembering that we're not called to do or to be or to be constantly going and never sitting, but to abide with Christ. And I heard this song and I couldn't get it out of my head. I I loved it. I was so encouraged by it, so drawn to remember to abide with Christ, to be with him, to remain in him. And for the life of me, I searched and searched and searched and could not find this song. And then this podcast pops up. And it was like all spring from the time the if gathering happened until this moment, that word abide just kept constantly smacking me in the face. Everything I read, everything I heard, like it was in so many different places of my life that it was a very resounding theme of abide. And so when this podcast popped up, it shocked me because it's my favorite podcast by Christy Knuckles. It's called The Glorious and the Mundane. But she was actually releasing this song, Abide. And this podcast series popped up and it was called Abide because she'd released this song. And in the podcast, she dove into what it means to abide and what it looks like to depend on God because this song it is really a song of dependence. We're taught so often to be independent that it almost comes unnaturally for us to be dependent on the Lord. But the verses, the words of this song are just great, reminding us that we need him for our daily bread, for our waking breath, for the sun to rise, for our sleep at night, not just the big things. We need him for the day-to-day every things. And in verse two says, where the spirit leads as I'm following, I depend on you. For the victories still in front of me, I depend on you. And that idea right there is exactly what we're talking about and singing about God's faithfulness. I'm claiming that I know you're going to be continue to be faithful because you always are. 
And I think that's one of our responsibilities truly as a Christian is to proclaim his greatness and his faithfulness, not just because it encourages us, but because it reminds other people that God is good and he can be counted on. And I think it's one of our biggest responsibilities to one another, even as we gather as a corporate body to sing about his goodness and his faithfulness so that we can bolster the faith of the people around us. And I have to say, like that podcast popping up in that moment was such a reminder that apart from him, we can do nothing. That song coming to me in that podcast was like God whispering to me in that moment of frustration and disappointment to stay with him because he had it. He was in control. And the whole summer was just that. It was this giant reminder that God is faithful. And I want to share just a little more of his faithfulness with you today, just to remind you and encourage you to remember that God is faithful and he will continue to be. I'm not going to sing it for you, but it's the same idea. So Craig did tear his ACL and meniscus and he had to have surgery this summer. I've already told you that, but let me tell you, it was exhausting. I have never felt the word weary like I did this summer. We didn't travel, we stayed home, but it was exhausting just being a caretaker while juggling work and all four kids being home. Craig was injured the first week of June. He had surgery mid-July. Through all of that, he was very unable to do much around the house. He couldn't mow the grass. He couldn't do laundry, which is a big deal in our house because he does 90% of the lawn care and the laundry. So it's just been a lot trying to keep up with normal without him. But God was so very faithful. I'm guessing that I'm not alone when I say that I have trouble asking for help and receiving it from people. It's just hard to be on the receiving end for whatever reason. But God gave and gave to us this summer through his people. We had a woman from church who graciously arranged for meals to be brought to us for three weeks after Craig's surgery. People brought us gift cards for takeout. We had people take the kids on some fun adventures so they weren't stuck at home all the time. Our church family has just been truly incredible. And it's just full of loving and kind people. And I could not be more grateful. But a few weeks after Craig's surgery, I started not feeling well again and eventually was diagnosed with shingles. All my older friends at church kept telling me I was too young for shingles at 37, but apparently that's not the truth. So on top of already being tired and having also dealt with chronic ear infections all summer, I'm now in miserable pain. It was literally one thing after another all summer long. I actually had a friend joke when I told her that I had shingles. She said, oh, should we just start calling you Job now? No. But just when I thought I was finally nearing the end of the worst of all of this, It was the week before school starts, which brings its own chaos. I'm backing out the driveway to take one of my middle schoolers to a back-to-school event, and I noticed how tall the grass is. And it was like all of the energy I had left gushed out of me like the air gushing out of a balloon. And tears came to my eyes, and I brushed them aside, trying not to concern the kid in the car, but I whispered to God to say, give me the energy I need prayer. A while later, I returned home to a lawn that had been mowed. The man who mows the church decided that ours could use mowed too. So he quickly took care of it with his fancy mower. And in that moment, it was like God saying, see, I got you. And I cried again. 
we had a man and his wife from our church show up several times to take our trash to the dump because we don't pay for trash pickup. We drive it to the dump. And they knew that was something that they could do to to take something off of me. And I cried. (laughs) But quite often, it seems we come to a more intimate knowledge of the Lord in the middle of a difficult season. I remember going through my miscarriage and as broken and devastated and confused as I was, I've never felt closer to the Lord than I did in that time. So having this season to learn to abide and truly depend on Jesus was exhausting. And I don't want to ever do it again. But it was also beautiful. It was so beautiful to see God's hand in every moment, in the timing, in his people being his hands and feet. Beautiful. Just beautiful. A couple weeks later in another worship circle session, our teacher that week said about worship leading, we made something professional that was meant to be powerful. She was talking about worship leading, but I think it works for ministry in general. This can easily become a job that becomes professional, but it lacks power in being personal because we do it as a job and not as a ministry. Do you know what I mean? Think about your job as a pastor's wife and the way we communicate our own struggles and trials to the people around us. Being personal, being vulnerable helps people understand that we are real, that we're approachable, but being personal is also powerful. It breaks down this wall of professionalism that we have to look and be a certain way when really God is just calling us to love the people in our churches. And we can't love professionally. It's a personal powerful thing. Me sharing these stories with you in this episode is more powerful as a testimony of God's goodness because it was personal. I didn't just say, yay, God is faithful. He is. But I told you how he was faithful and where we saw him show up in our lives. God's love is powerful to us too because it's personal. He doesn't love us from afar. He doesn't just tell us he loves us. He shows us. He shows up and he cares about the little things like the grass getting mowed. And I encourage you, be personal with your people. Yes, there are still some lines that can't be crossed, but I can tell you the most impactful ministry experiences I've had as a pastor's wife have come because I was willing to tell someone that I struggled with the same thing they're going through or I was vulnerable about my own anxiety or insecurities or pain. And so then someone knew I was a safe person to talk to because I get what they're feeling. It's easy to want to make ourselves appear perfectly together and holy, (laughs) but that's not real. That's not personal. That's the devil trying to get us to keep our SIDS hidden rather than out in the open where they can be dealt with. Friends, you have to be personal with your people. It's uncomfortable, it's scary sometimes, but it is so much more effective when people know you're real because personal is powerful. So obviously nothing completely earth shattering in this episode, but I did want to share what God has been doing in my life and encourage you to be vulnerable to your people encourage you to abide with the Lord and to really depend on him. I heard somebody say recently, the closer we get to God, the more dependent we become. It's the opposite of growing up as an adult human where we're supposed to be independent. But the closer 
the more mature we grow in the Lord, the more dependent we become. And I pray that that's you today. I pray that you are becoming more and more dependent on Christ. Let me pray for you all today. Father God, you are good and you are kind. And we are so thankful for the way that we see you at work in our lives. May we be great examples to the people around us as we share your faithfulness in our lives. God, we pray that you would just continue to show us those times when you're working in our lives and we don't always acknowledge it. Help us to be aware of your presence and your beauty and your power in our lives, God. We thank you for the way that you show up for us and that you care for us down to the smallest details because you are such a good father. God, we could never, ever come close to that kind of love ourselves. But I pray that we try as we minister to our families and to our congregations and to our communities. God, may we show your love to those around us. God, I pray special blessings on each woman that listens today that she would be encouraged and spurred on for this next season of ministry, that she would be strengthened and encouraged, and that you would just draw her closer and closer to you and more and more dependent upon you. Father, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, before we go, I do want to share what's coming up in season two. We we have an episode coming up with Sharon Reed, who is a pastor's wife in our region, about authentic relationships and what that looks like and how that's important for us in the church, even as pastor's wives. We have Judy Russell, who is Bob Russell's wife. Yes, Bob Russell. I'm really excited to meet Judy and to get to hear her perspective on her experience as a pastor's wife for all these years. And she also has a brand new book coming out on hospitality. And so I look forward to hearing her share her heart for that and what that looks like for us as pastor's wives. Super excited. Also, we have a series coming up on how to minister to people in tough seasons. One of the most difficult things about ministry is you never know what situation you're going to be thrown into, whether it's um, ministering to a family who lost a loved one by suicide or the loss of a spouse through some other way or a terminal diagnosis or cancer. How are we supposed to minister to people the most effective way. It's difficult when you've not been through a situation yourself. And I know this series is going to be very helpful for all of us who are constantly dealing with ministering out of our comfort zones. Let's be real. Um, We're also going to talk about adoption, how the church can support a family during adoption, um, what it looks like to walk through a miscarriage with people in your church, different things like that, that I know are going to be very practical sources of encouragement and advice for you all. I can't wait to dive into those with some people who've actually walked through those seasons personally. I don't have the wisdom to share all of those things with you, but they're going to share from their perspective 
what did and didn't work, how people thought they were being helpful, but maybe weren't. I think sometimes learning what not to say is just as important as learning what to say. Um, So I'm looking forward to diving into all of that this fall. I hope you guys have a blessed week. I look forward to catching up with you again here in just a couple weeks. Talk to you soon.